0: You know something, man? I know something that you don't know. That's right, Jack. The man is clear in his mind, but his soul is mad. Oh, yeah. He's dying, I think. He hates all this. He hates it. But... the man's, uh... He reads poetry out of the Howard, all right? and a voice, a voice, he likes you because you're still alive, he's got plans for you, no, no, I'm not gonna help you, you're gonna help him, man, you're gonna help him, I mean, what are they going to say, man, when he's gone, huh? Because he dies when it dies, man. When it dies, he dies. What are they going to say about him? What are they going to say? He was a kind man. He was a wise man. He had plans. He had wisdom. Bullshit, man. Am I going to be the one that's going to set him straight? Look at me wrong. You.
1: Episode 57 of Food and a Monkey. Um, right, yeah, good show this week, I think. Uh, my name's Ian Noring, and as always, I'm joined by... Hello, Mark
2: Foster. Not hello, Mark Foster. Hello, I'm Mark
0: Foster.
1: Hi, Mark Foster. Hi. Hi. Um, so, uh, coming up on this week's show, review will be Wes Anderson's latest uh, confection, as many people seem to be referring to it as, uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel. We'll also be doing some One Old, One New, And in lieu of a marathon, which we'll be starting next week, instead, um, we're going to do a bit of a random review for um, a film that's popped up on Netflix UK and uh, Mark and I just funnily enough have seen recently. So we're going to do a bit of a retro review of uh, Fletch, Chevy Chase in Fletch. So uh, that's a bit random, but it should be fun. And uh, Mark, have you got anything else to say before we crack on?
2: No, let's let us let us dive in. It's been, a, it's been a while since we've had a, like a what, three weeks since we've had like a proper show show. A normal show. Yeah, yeah, this right, is right. it's not quite a normal show that I'm the marathon, but it's as close as it.
1: Yeah, absolutely, yes. Yeah, well no not quite, yeah. I mean next week will will definitely be. So uh alright, let's ba- let's bang on then. Um the at gmail.com at in at dude poz, at dude and a monkey. Mark, what trailers have you been watching recently?
2: Yeah, there's been a there's been a few out in the past um, couple of weeks. Um Saw a couple in the, in the cinema um, while I was watching Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh, Blue Ruin, uh, which is a American independent film which uh, seems to be getting some pretty strong reviews. Saw the trailer for that. It's the first time I've seen it. Heard a little bit about it. First time I've seen a trailer. Looks very, very intriguing. Sort of revenge thriller type film. Um, so I'm, I'm very much looking forward to, to, to that. Um, we also... I've had the trailers are uh, released this week for Frank, the um, Donald Cleason and Michael Fassbender um, film which is kind of inspired by the, the character Frank Sidebottom um, with uh, Michael Fassbender playing uh, Frank himself uh, I'm, I'm very very much looking forward to this um, it, it's one of those things now where as soon as Michael Fassbender is mentioned with any film you can pretty much guarantee that it's going to get you interest because he he really does know how to pick films. It's it, it is really when you look at the run he's been on for the past five six years. It's pretty incredible.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, even though I mean, Fast Prometheus, and the Counselor. Yeah, the...
2: Uh, yeah, they're 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 the two slight sort of blocks. I, I'm I'm looking forward for I mean, I, I, Prometheus. It's one of those I didn't like it. Um. I, and it's one of those I, I don't understand why other people liked it, really. Um, and The Counselor, you, you could see why some would be interested in making that movie. It's just a shame that it didn't quite work. Although I am going to watch the unrated version just to see just to see if that makes more sense. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to Frank. I haven't actually seen one of the people... I've actually saw uh, Frank Sidebottom live uh, once uh, in York. Uh, And he proceeded to um, come on stage, play a few notes on a keyboard, and someone heckled him. He shouted back at the guy who heckled him. Um, And there was a bit of back and forth, to the point of where you thought, this is clearly planned. Uh, And then he started playing a song, the guy heckled him again, so Frank Zybottom proceeded to unplug one of his keyboards, run up to the guy and hit him in the face with the keyboard. Uh, and then repeatedly kick him on the floor, and then go back and finish his set. Oh,
1: that's impressive. Um,
2: and it's at that point where me and my crew were there, and sort of looking, going, that, "That that looked quite real for <laughs> for a setup. That looked really quite real." Uh, which, which was quite amusing. But he, he was he was jolly funny. Um, we also got uh, the uh, new trailer for uh, Sin City Two. Um, It's a a strange one, this, because just after Sin City, when we were expecting Sin City 2 to come out, sort of like, you know, a year or two after Sin City, uh, Robert Rodriguez's stock was about as high as it was ever going to be, really. And then he's... The films he's made, or the way that he's kind of made the films that he's made since, has meant that it's kind of... His stock's kind of not gone down... you know, loads, but it has gone down a bit, but also the the output quality of what he's put out has significantly gone down, uh, and it, it makes you kind of worry a little bit that Sin City 2 is just too long after Sin City to, to kind of keep that magic there, even though you've got, again, a very, very impressive cast there. It's just, there's been too many, I think, Films that have, that have aped that style that sin City had now that it, it kind of looks it doesn't look as visually stunning as it did ten years ago with the original sin city which you know was a great film it, it looked wonderful
1: I, I I couldn't give a fuck about sin city too um i it it, 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 like you say, it is too long after. It, I mean, like you can make the similar argument for Three Hundred Rise of an Empire, but that's actually it's seems getting, to opened fairly well.
2: Yeah, it's getting some good reviews. Three Hundred Rise of an Empire. Um, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: You know, it, it, you know, good not reviews. I've seen a lot of people going, do you know what? It's alright.
0: You yeah. know,
2: which is which for that film, I think is fucking great reviews. Um, but yeah, since two the, the thing that interests me is certain members of the cast interest me, and that that's a, that's about it but it, it won't be one that I'll be rushing the cinema to say, to be honest. I, I just... Yeah. It, it,
1: it worries me as well. Like, like Frank Miller having the involvement in it as well, because I mean, like this is Frank Miller who did the spirit, spirit. yeah, which is still one of the fucking weirdest. What the fuck did I just see? Yeah. Uh, uh, like films you'll, you'll ever, ever witness. And, I, I mean, the cast is good for Sin City too. I mean, if if the reviews come out and it and, and like everyone's saying, Do you know what, it was a sequel worth doing, I'll check it out. But I mean, this is the Robert Rodriguez who is planning on doing machete kills in again in space, yeah. and is also doing like a TV adaptation of From Dust Till Dawn. Mm. I I just I couldn't give a fuck, and I don't have as m- I, I don't have enough of a connection to the sports material to give a fuck.
2: Mm. It it it's it it just seems like too long. Too much time has passed um, for it to really to catch the imagination. A lot of people just seem to be really, you know, mm. it, it, We I'd have been interested five years ago. You know mm. that that would have been. You know, it, it's a long time to have between two films. Um, it just it I don't know. Like you say, if reviews start coming out and then, look, this is good, this is very good, then I, I, great, I'll be all for it. But uh, I don't know whether I've got. I would have been really pissed off if I, I saw Machete in the cinema and I liked it. If I'd have seen Machete to Machete Kills at the cinema, I'd have, I'd have been fucking fuming. Um, yeah, agree. The other big trailer we got was the um, Pinkett Smith um family Jay-Z produced um uh, remake of Annie. Um this just looks horrible in every single way um from conceivement to casting to look to sound it just looks like a joke but the problem is no one's telling it at all. It it just what is Cameron Diaz doing uh, it is
1: it just it just she's she's doing I'm in a kids film so I've got to play things like I've got to go to level 10,000 Yeah. that's what she's doing and it, like it, it,
2: it, it, it just looks horrible
1: I mean it just it looks like a cast of dickheads mm. like in terms of the characters yeah um, I mean, like Jamie, Jamie Foxx, his character just looks boring as shit. I, I, I just, I don't care. And I mean, the thing is, apparently, it was, uh, this version was written by Emma Thompson, um, which is uh, Emma Thompson and Jay Z and the Smiths teaming up, you know, the collaboration we've always wanted to see. Um, and I, I just, I don't know. I mean, I th- an awful lot of this is going to depend on convention A. Wallace, but she's got barely anything to do in the trailer at all because it's all, look how wacky Cameron Diaz is.
2: But also as well, when you hear her singing, it does sound incredibly auto auto-che- yeah, chewy, doesn't it? It's um, brutal. And it's a strange thing for Will Gluck to go, make.
1: Is this... Oh, the guy who did Easy A?
2: Yeah, the guy did... It, he it,
1: directed this, He really? did Easy
2: A, uh, and, you know... You know, it fired up. I think is a great um, uh, team comedy. I, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of his first film. Fired up. Easy Air is a brilliant ode to John Hughes movies. I really liked Friends with Benefits. I, I was a huge fan of that film. Um, and then, you know, sort. I was sort of looking forward, thinking, right, what's he gonna do next? Because he's, he's three for three for me. And then it's like. I saw anything I thought, who the fuck is director? this? So I looked at it, and it was like, holy shit. Wow. That's, that's disappointing.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, it it just,
0: just d- uh, it,
1: it just, it, uh, Do you know what? It, it's not for us. It's
2: not. It's not, but who, who is it for?
1: Fuck eight-year-olds.
2: But, but I showed it to my nine-year-old daughter from the yeah, trailer. Okay. And she turned around to me and went, "We're not going to see that, are we?" And I was like, "God yeah, no!" Yeah. And she was like, "Oh, thank you." Uh, it just—it's—and also uh, as well, it's that produ- pro- production team. It very much is. I mean, Jay Z's had an affiliation with Annie for quite a while, hasn't he? You know, he, he sampled music from it a number of times, and so it, it seems like a bit of a pet project for him, and then getting. Um, Will Smith and his entire family, it would seem, on board. It, you know, I, I'm incredibly surprised that Annie isn't played by one of the Smith kids.
1: Oh, she was going to be at a time on it. Wasn't was she? she? Wasn't Willow Smith going to do it?
2: Oh, well, that, that, do you know what? That really it doesn't. It, it doesn't surprise me that, that, that they haven't changed it to to um Alfie, and it's actually Jaden Smith. Jaden Smith, man. Yeah. Uh, just a big fat fuck you and no for this film. Yeah. Yeah. What's Emma Thompson? Wow. Jeez. And um, a French lady who wrote The Devil Wears Prada and 27 Dresses. Oh, wait. Oh, there you go. And Morning Glory. And we a zoo. Yeah, uh, that's, that's pretty much it for me for trailers. Um, yeah
1: was the transformers trailer this week?
2: Yes it was. I also saw the transformers trailer as well. Um I I, I, I it, like every transformers trailer before it, it, it it's it's kind of it makes you go ooh. Um and then it you don't does it? it'd be shit. Actually yeah I, I I did actually go ooh. But part of, I think a lot of that is because if it's got Matt Wahlberg in it, I will pretty much go Yeah, do you know what? I like Matt Wahlberg
1: Mm. I do apologise, you caught me eating. Um, <laughs> so
2: No, so I'm not. Um, it does seem a little bit like they're trying to reboot within the same run to an extent. Yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, they totally are. I mean, like, you got the. Uh, like He drives past a billboard at one point and says, Remember Chicago, and, like, report alien activity or whatever. Yeah. And, I don't know. The. the all I got from the trailer was that that girl's going to shout dad about 10,000 times through the course of the film. Mm. Um, th- there was nothing else to it for me. And I mean, like I'm, I am someone who really likes Pain and Gain, so I'm not coming at this as a Bay hater. You know, I, I, I will say that, even though, I mean, I tried rewatching Dark of the Moon um, uh, a, a couple of weeks back. I got that. Fifteen minutes in, and I just couldn't take it. The first scene with Rosie Huntington Whiteley and Shia Labeouf, I was like, "No, I'm out." Um, I haven't
2: seen that yet at all.
1: It's it. You've not seen Dark of the Moon. It's no. it, it's fucking terrible. I, and, honest, the,
2: the, I've only seen uh, three quarters of the second one. Yeah, no,
1: yeah, uh, one which is three. also terrible. I, the, 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 but the thing is, I mean, I think Michael Bay, if he sat down and was honest, he'd probably happily say, yeah, the second and third one's worse shit. Yeah. And I think the the only reason why the first one I, I like the first one is basically because Steven Spielberg, I think, had a heavier hand in the development than I think they let on because it is very the whole kind of like adolescent boy discovering the outside world and getting a girl and you know and having this adventure. It's a very Spielberg y kind of concept. I mean, I b- I believe he was a producer, not even executive producer on the first one, but I might be wrong. Um and he brought the project to Michael Bay. And it's just with with this one, it just feels like I, I, okay, we've got dinosaur ones now, so Dino-bots. that's that's gonna yeah that's gonna make everybody wanna watch it. I unless unless like everyone comes out and says this is the best like blockbuster of the summer, there is no chance in hell I am wasting. Probably two and a half hours of my life watching this in a cinema.
2: Oh, I'll be honest, I, I won't go and see it in the cinema, not a chance. Um, but I'll I'll happily um, sit down and watch it when it comes out on demand or it comes out on Sky or whatever.
1: There was nothing of interest in this trailer for me whatsoever. I thought it was, I just don't give a fuck.
2: Matt Warburg was the thing that interests me. Because I'm, I I I am a Mark Wahlberg fan, so yeah
1: yeah I mean I you know I like Mark Wahlberg as well, but it's Mark Wahlberg in a Transformers film. I'm just I'm not bothered. It's <laughs> and from his point of view, it's just a chance to hang around with Michael Bay and cash what is probably going to be a fucking huge paycheck. There's no, there is no creative reason why anyone comes to do a Transformers movie. I mean maybe apart from the visual effects guys. And maybe the cinematographer,
2: yeah but it, it, like you say it, 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 but it is just a it is just a blockbuster paycheck I, it
1: just i don't give i don't give a fuck i feel I feel too old for it, and i'm happy that I do
2: yeah that's like i said, I'm, I will I, there's no way i'll be going to see it at the cinema, even if people come out and say it's a fucking it is the best blockbuster of the year or anything it's still will we're going to see it at the cinema, but yeah, when it comes I, out on sky i i will I will watch it.
1: No, sure, sure, sure. It's just like you look at something like the Godzilla trailer, where they've actually got ideas in it, they've actually got interesting ideas, and there are interesting visuals. The way the shots are framed are interesting.
0: Mm.
1: I mean what 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 have, I mean literally, the things of interest in this are for people, oh, there's a Dinobot in it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and that's about it. Not, not like what the Dinobot is doing and how the Dinobot is handled. It's oh, there's a Dinobot in it, and I don't know, Optimus Prime is riding him or whatever the fuck that was. <laughs> I, 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 I just, I don't. Honestly, I, I you you're
2: just Optimus Prime riding a Dinobot? That's amazing. <laughs> I think you just sold me on the film. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, like I say, I'm not completely against it, but I, I won't be. I, again, I won't be rushing to see it. Without no way, just because I, I I I don't I, I just can't be bothered. Let's <laughs> like say it is going to be two and a half hours long.
1: It like it's going to be brutal. I'm just going mic- to mute my mic and eat this last bit of chicken, and then I'm done eating.
2: Cool. Um, last trailer I, I will talk about is uh, that was it uh, Paddington. Um, why? Just absolutely why? Nobody, at all. There is not a single person on the planet who has ever said, "Why isn't there a Paddington movie?"
1: What was I? Haven't seen this trailer because I. It's a teaser. Focus on things that bring me joy in life,
2: but it's a teaser trailer, um and um. It basically just introduces the character of Paddington. But you all you see is just Paddington peeking out of a box. That's it. But it's like, from the people who bought you, um, and it's all like that. And you're just looking at it going, why? Absolutely. I mean, this is a voice cast. Colin Firth is playing Paddington. Uh. You've also got Nicole Kidman, um, Hugh Bonneville. Sally Hawkins, Julie Walters, Peter Capaldi, and Jim Broadbent. Um, it fucking just...
1: Is it all CG? I'm
2: not sure. I'm not even sure.
1: I mean, it's like that fucking Postman Pat film as well. Well, this this it's looks like, like it's had a
2: bit more money thrown behind it than that Postman Pat film. I mean, this is from the people who did... Um... Um the Harry Potter films.
1: Oh really? Yeah,
2: okay. it's 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 produced by David he- Hyman. Oh
1: uh, it's David Heyman, is it? Okay, yeah. yeah.
2: Um,
1: um Directed by I, 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 I don't know. Yeah, go on, find out who
2: it's by Paul King.
1: I recognise that name. What's he
2: done? Did he do it on May Boosh?
1: Yeah, that that's ringing a bell, that is. Did he do a uh, bunny and the oh, pool? Yeah, he well done. Yeah, okay. All right,
2: actually, <laughs> that's a fucking strange choice. Wow. All right, I, I've actually kind of got a little bit interested now in that. Mm. Uh,
1: yeah, it, I don't know. I'll He's forget. not exactly a safe pair of hands when it comes... Yeah, all right. That is of interest. That is so, now,
2: yeah. That that director's actually kind of got me a little bit interested because that's a fucking weird choice. Hmm. Right. Uh, other than that, that's that's pretty much it for me for trailers.
1: Okay, good, yeah. Um to, to be honest, the only one I've got to add is uh, when I was in the cinema, I saw the trailer for um, Starred Up. Which uh, won a shitload of stuff at the British Independent Film Awards, like in December, yeah. and yet is only actually coming out in UK cinemas in March. So how's that work? Who knows? Um, but yeah, it's getting a lot of buzz. It's uh, David McKenzie, who directed *Young Adam* and um, *Perfect Sense*, which uh, was this really fucking interesting apocalypse film with Eva Green and um, Ewan McGregor.
2: Oh, I um, Never saw it, but I. I I really it.
1: enjoyed it. You're you're done, sorry. Keys, yeah.
2: Did he also do it to
1: Yes, I believe he did. And okay. yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. Sorry, mate. Yeah. He did Foz, well, and Four as well, didn't he? And he, did, he did that spread film with Ashton Kutcher and Anne Hath. Oh,
1: that was him, was it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he he does an awful lot, but like a lot of people are saying this is his best film, and Jack O'Connell's in it. Jack O'Connell's in it, who's this rising star, and Ben Mendelsohn plays his dad. Um, looks good. Looks like angry young man in prison. Will he actually be able to sort his shit out or not? Um, looks intense. Uh, I don't really know too much about it, but it, it did the job well, and the good reviews um, kind of perked pe- 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 my interest as well. So... Um, Who knows? Who knows? But um, we'll see. And uh, I think that was about it for me as well. So we've actually gone pretty long on that. So should we move on? Yeah, can do. Okay, cool. So uh, here is a clip from uh, the uh, Grand Budapest Hotel and we shall get straight into it.
2: To the cathedral of Santa Maria in Brucknerplatz. Buy one of the plain half-length candles and take back four klubecks and change. Light it in the sacristy, say a brief rosary, then go to Mendel's and get me a cortisone chocolat. If there's any money left, give it to the crippled shoeshine boy. Hold it. Who are you? I'm Zero, sir. The new lobby boy.
0: And so my life began. Junior lobby boy in training, under the strict command of Monsieur Gustav H. I began to realize that many of the hotel's most valued and distinguished guests came for him.
1: I love you.
2: I love you. She was
0: dynamite in the sack, by the way.
1: She was 84.
0: Mm, I've had older. I became his pupil, and he was to be my counselor and guardian.
1: The police are here.
0: Tell them I'll be right down. She's been murdered, and you think I did it. Hey! Stop! This is Madame D's last will and testament to Monsieur Gustave H. I bequeath a painting known as Boy with Apple. It's a masterpiece. The rest of this shit is worthless junk. This
2: man is a ruthless adventurer and a con artist who preys on mentally feeble, sick old ladies. And he probably fucks them, too. How's that supposed to make me feel?
0: Did you just throw my cat out the window? You see, there are still faint glimmers of civilization left in this barbaric slaughterhouse that was once
2: known as humanity. <gasps> Indeed, that's what we provide in our own modest, humble, insignificant... Oh, fuck it. What's the meaning of this shit? Boy with apple, I thought, I thought you did. Are you Are you fucking kidding me?
1: Okay, so Grand Budapest Hotel, new film directed by Wes Anderson, written by Anderson and Hugo Guinness, uh, stars everyone basically, but uh, Ray Fiennes in the uh, the lead role as Monsieur um, Gustave, uh, a concierge at the Grand Budapest Hotel who takes a young man Zero under his wing, um, and the two have to battle against Adrian Brody's um, scheming. Um, son of a wealthy old woman who bequeaths uh, finds his character a painting when she dies. Uh, there's also a lot of also, uh, other stuff going on in it as well. Uh, Mark, the Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh,
2: the Grand Budapest Hotel, it is a... Um, At a, a point, it is a, a delightful kind of uh, caper romp uh, with a... A wonderfully charismatic uh performance from uh, Ralph Fiennes uh, in you know in the lead role um you've also got um what's the kickoff that plays zero again
1: tony rivioli
2: tony uh rivioli yeah again he he's he's very good in it and it's it it, it it it's a visually lovely film to look at it looks great and you've got these you know these typical kind of anderson characters that that sort of drop in and out that are you know that always have some kind of weird kind of quirks and you know it's visually yummy to look at um and i i i i like i i i get a lot of times with anderson films I very much enjoyed seventy eighty percent of uh of the film um and then maybe sort of twenty thirty percent just kind of stops me from saying that i I loved it, um, and, and I end up coming out of it feeling probably more negative than, than I should because I very very much uh, enjoyed for the large part uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel. I, it's it's one of his um, his warmer films, uh, Anderson. There are I often find in some of his films his characters great on me, and I find them uh, irritating, and their, their quirks wind me up. Uh, a lot whereas none of them uh within this film did uh I, you know I, I got enjoyment out of pretty much all of the characters and um, and it's in terms of the script it, it is it's a snappy dialogue script and it's got a lot going on um but it all it all kind of does fit together quite well so i i'll say i i very much enjoy grand Budapest hotel but i do have a few a, a few issues with that um what were your feelings on it because you're a you're a bigger anderson um, fan than, than i am certainly.
1: yeah yeah no i yeah I, feel, I am yeah um and coming off of moonrise kingdom which uh like for a long time was my number one film of twenty twelve uh but got uh, nudged out by the gray um i was really really looking forward the Grand Prix best yeah. and uh yeah i mean it's it's an awful lot of fun and it's it's very very funny uh, funny, and it's charming um but I do have a couple of issues with it as well um it I don't think it quite got me kind of on the 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 kind of emotional level as much as I think it was kind of trying to by the end of the film um and I I think that's because so much of it is basically like watching a cartoon Mm. I mean it's almost more of a cartoon than Fantastic Mr Foxes and that's a fucking stop motion animation Mm. um uh, 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 and so, and uh, you know, and it, it, it for the first two thirds or so, it really licks along at an amazing pace. Yeah. Even though, the, uh, you know, there are a lot of scenes with a lot of dialogue. Uh, uh, you know, it's just the way it keeps on shifting kind of time spaces and just the, the amount of, uh, it, just the way the plot kind of like fizzes and pops through. That, you know, you get to the last act and it is... You know the relationship between Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Monsieur Gustave and um, Zero. They they try to give that a bit, a bit more heft, and I, I you know F Marie Abraham's got like a kind of a monologue at the end about what happened to everybody, and um, you know it, it it kind of feels like they're they're forcing that emotion a little bit too late. Mm. Um, at least for me, anyway. Uh, but then I mean the, the, the cast are all great. I mean, Fines I thought was spectacular yeah uh you know i mean like he's he is an underrated comic performer i mean you look at him in bruges as well and he's he's fantastic in that um but his the, the sheer force of personality that like kind of papers over the cracks in his character in his in, 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 in his kind of his character in terms the cracks in his character in terms of like his m- moral look on things mm. uh you know he just you warm to him, despite the fact that, you know, Oftentimes, he's a bit of a dick. Uh... Yeah, but he
2: comes across as being quite a, a charming dick, like he's not a terrible person. He's
1: yeah.
2: just... he's He just has the capacity to be a bit of a... a, a he, gets, he has the capacity to get a bit carried away with himself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's... I'd certainly agree that the, the, the first kind of... The first sort of two-thirds... Um, they do run at a great pace and you are, you're you completely on board and it's bouncing around at such a, uh, a ferocity that you kind of you don't really get a chance to grab your your, your breath to it or almost. But this is where one of my issues comes. There was a point where it's going, 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 and then all of a sudden it started to slow a little bit and then for some reason I just went, do you know what, I don't give a shit anymore.
1: Yeah, a a little
2: bit, yeah. I actually don't care. I know what's going to happen at the end of it. I just want it to fucking get there now because I'm a little bit... I'm a little bit bored now and I just... I don't fucking care.
1: I mean, the the film's fairly short. I think it's just under 100 minutes long. But I'll, I'll be honest... By the end of I, it, was I was thinking I'd been there a solid couple of hours.
2: I I, I just just looked just then I, uh, when you were mentioning uh, about that because that was one of my issues that then I said to second we came out. One of my issues with it was there's a point where I went, I don't care anymore. I just want yeah. I, I just wanted want to wrap up and fuck off now, um, which which is a shame because I was really on board. Then I was really really enjoying it, and I just I just had a look then because uh, I, I in my brain I assumed that it was just shy of two hours and i mean like 118 minutes and i was gobsmacked when i looked at it and it, it, it's 99 minutes yeah
1: yeah I, that that that's surprising it feels two hours yeah I, I, even though i mean a lot of it rolls well, along, i mean the third yeah. the third act has still got a lot of funny stuff in it uh, i mean and fun stuff i mean the the, the chase through the snow is great i that's thought Oh, really?
2: Okay, that's, where, that's interesting. That, that, that's where it, 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 it lost me. At that point, I was... I was at that point when I went, ah, oh, do you know what? Fuck off. You just... You you just... you just it, This is just you jerking off now, Anderson. This is... It, it, it's an Anderson-ness too far for me. Okay. Um, and at, at that point, it, it had me and I was really enjoying it. I was really like it and I, I still liked it. And it's not that I didn't like that bit it's just that was the bit where it was where my brain switched off and went all right fuck this i'm done get to the end now because i don't i I don't care anymore about what happens between now and you telling me what i already know yeah yeah
1: i i I, it's i i I was still i was still enjoying it. it it just like the um I think it's the idea, the fact that you do know what's going to happen. Mm. And, and, I mean, the thing, things like um, when they're going up to that monastery just before the snow chase, yeah. and, you know, it's like three or four times it's, are you the superstar of yeah. the Grand Budapest Hotel? You know, it, it's... Com- Which, I mean, like, com- a, a lot of comedy is repetition, and I understand that. But it, it just...
2: But when you write one of your
1: <laughs> characters
2: as getting annoyed at it, you mm. know, you, you basically... It's almost like you're saying to... Um, the audience, yeah, it's annoying, isn't it? It's like, mm, yeah, it is actually, but it's not sure. the first time you've done it, and you 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 actually do it again afterwards as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, I thought that kind of idea was more elegantly played by the uh, the idea of him reciting poetry and it and constantly being interrupted, mm. you know, or like the the bit where he's he's. Uh, I think it's just after they get apprehended on the on the train, and. Um, he starts doing it, and he just stops and he goes, "Oh, fuck, fuck it." it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it, it's you know, that's great stuff. And and and, and finds play like doing that. He just plays it incredibly well. And I mean, the, the I mean, the visuals of the film as well are also insanely Anderson. I mean, like people walk towards the camera or away from the camera or turn exactly left and walk that way or exactly right and walk that way. Nobody walks diagonally <laughs> or yeah 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 I mean, it's it's that kind of diorama thing that he does um yeah. and I, I mean it is a very i mean it's a super 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 wes Andersony film yeah uh you know possibly possibly the most yeah you know I, which a lot of people have said but it just i look at a film like moonrise kingdom and the 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 relationship the central relationship between the two kids in that and there are moments in in that relationship that i find like very moving i mean i actually rewatched the uh, moonrise kingdom uh, this week uh you know and there's there's that stuff in it there, there's Bruce Willis's character who is just this sad lonely man and his his relationship with um with sam the boy uh the way that that builds it is it's it's touching there's nothing. There's nothing of that in the Grand Budapest Hotel for me. And for mo, for, for you know, I, I the fact is, it can get away with that for the most part for me because it is very, very funny. And yeah. the first thing it's trying to do is be funny, and it succeeds at that. I just considering how it it plays out at the end. I wish it had a bit more. I, w- I wish finds his character in a way felt more like a human than less like a cartoon character.
2: Yeah, it, it, it does. It does tend to go down that way, and it it, it nails it with the comedy, um, but it, it just fails to connect a lot of the time with the with the drama. Um. I mean, I, I have no interest at all in Zero and Agatha's uh, relationship at all.
1: Well, there's, there's not enough of that either. I mean, it, it's very it. much just there together.
2: But, but there's also too much of it as well. There's not enough uh, but to make you actually care uh, yeah. about it. But because there's not enough, the bits that are that there are of it are almost incidental. It doesn't feel lived in enough for you, for you to really care. And
1: no, I, I will just mention one thing with that quickly. I, I liked the idea of uh, F Murray Abraham kind of like tensing up and not wanting to talk about her, and that kind of that does set up the expectation that she's gonna that she's going to die, you know, there's that one fake out where it kind of seems like maybe she's had her head cut off and and then it's not, you know, it's, I like that idea of, because it's like Tom Wilkinson's and Jude Law's character writing the story. He's almost kind of artificially setting that up as a point of, of, of tension. Yeah. Even though F Murray Abraham's character actually did say that to him even though it's actually a film. You know, I, I, I don't know. There's there's a, a, a kind of a, a, a fun playing, like, meta with the narrative that I um, I, I, I quite enjoyed there, because I was waiting for her, because of my expectations and how it had been set up, that she was going to be killed at some point. So the fact that she basically just dies of some random uh, illness, yeah. you know, like a few years later, I, I, I thought that was kind of interesting. And it, it gives... More, it's the one thing in this film that gives an idea that these characters exist outside of this specific world Story, created yeah. by Anderson. Yeah, yeah,
2: it, it is. But they, I they, again, they do feel very much um, within within Anderson's uh, world. Sure. They are very yeah. much. It, it, is, it is very much a, a creation. It doesn't feel. It's not the real world essentially.
1: I mean, it was nice. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. And, but, I mean, it's just the fact that this is the one thing that kind of act, kind of slightly breaks it out and makes it feel more like a real world. And I I, I, mean, I don't think Anderson is trying to create a real world, in fairness. I think he is trying to create... Oh, yeah,
2: he, 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 he's very much a... He's very aware of it, I think. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It, it just, I don't know. When, when you are trying to go for the emotion, I, I don't know, it... it, it it doesn't really work when you've got a world as intricately designed and as singular as this is, even though that saying that is a, a, a massive achievement of the film itself anyway.
2: Yeah, certainly. Yeah.
1: Um, But yeah, I don't know. I, there's not I mean, there's not really an awful lot to talk about when it comes to Grand Budapest Hotel, because because I mean, it's entertaining and yeah. it looks good. Yeah, it does. And that's about all there is to it.
2: It looks gorgeous. It's funny. Um, It's It's one of those films. If you are an Anderson fan, it's all there for you. If you're not really an Anderson fan, um, there's enough comedy there to easily get you through it. If this was over two hours long, and it was it, it was the same as it was, but it was over two hours long, I'd be saying, and you weren't an Anderson fan, I'd be saying, do you know what, avoid, because there's too much Anderson there, and you'll you'll just end up winding yourself up. But it, it, it's not. Although, like you say, it, it, it does feel longer than it is, to be honest. Uh, but I would say, it, 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 for me, I'm not a huge Anderson fan, but it's a definitely not shit for me
1: yeah i mean it, yeah it, it it is definitely not shit i mean it's it kind of it doesn't feel like it's going to be the first anderson wes anderson pe- film that people see it feels yeah. like a film that pe- you, you know it's almost expected that you know what he does
2: yeah it, it, it's I, i've seen a lot of people saying that it's his best film um this isn't a patch on two or three of his films. So.
1: Yeah, no, I no, definitely not. I mean, I, like on Letterboxd, I gave it a four out of five, and I'm happy with that. It's not a patch on Moonrise Kingdom for me. Uh, I definitely enjoy Fantastic Mr. Fox more, um, and I like I do like Royal Tenenbaums more. I mean, I, to be honest, I might even like Life Aquatic more, um, even though that suffers from overindulgence in its runtime also. It's it, For me, it, it,
2: it's... I preferred it to Moonrise Kingdom uh, and Fantastic Mr. Fox. Um it, it it's well behind um films like uh Royal Ten of Bounds and Rushmore for me. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean but then again, I mean for me, m- like mid tier Anderson is still high tier film in general, so that's fine by me.
2: Mm. And I enjoyed it.
1: Nice. Okay, so that was the Grand Budapest Hotel and we shall move on uh, to promos. Let's have some promos from people and podcasts that we like and then we'll do some
0: It was a childhood corrupted by endless hours of VHS rentals. We're the, the manager, you'd love it. In his most formative years, he had seen it all. I can anything. Action. <laughs> Karate is not to be used aggressively. But if I have no other choice. Horror. <laughs> and romance. Now he's decided it's time to go back. For just one more adventure... Humans are such an easy prey. Noel Meller presents... You're the problem, you little shit! The Adventures in VHS Podcast. Join me,
2: Noel Meller, as each month I take an in-depth look at one movie from my collection of X rental 80s VHS classics and speak to one or two of the people involved with making them about what the format
0: means to them. The Adventures in VHS Podcast. Thank you. Have a nice day. Download today from iTunes by searching for Adventures of VHS or visit AdventuresOfVHS.com. Are you tired of film podcasts where the hosts exist in a constant, blissful state of agreement? I
2: mean, the main the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film.
0: Well, you're in luck. Let me introduce you to Chinstroke and Punta. One is an ex-film student with a
1: penchant for David Lynch and art cinema, the other is a man on the street listen in perplexed and horrified terror as we tear apart one film a week. It just really It's isn't. not visually striking? No. no. Just just getting confirmation? It's just... That's the third time, though. I mean, I must, this Is on? You can find us at ChinstrokerVsPunsa.podomatic.com So come and share the victory. If
0: you
1: could any man in film who would it be and why my answer is Lance Henriksen he oh. wouldn't tell he looks like somebody <laughs> he looks like somebody he would keep a secret
0: hi I'm
2: Sarah from gorepress.com and along with my co-host Phil we present the gorepress gorecast
1: but Sarah what is the gorepress gorecast
2: well Phil I'm glad you asked It's a weekly show in which we review horror movies, discuss our love for the genre, and generally just blunder through, showcasing our startling ineptitude at podcasting.
1: Hello, and welcome to another go- Oh, for fuck's sake,
2: no, that is not helping! That sounds ridiculously professional. That can't be all we do, can it? It certainly isn't. We also try and talk a little bit about what we've watched recently and selflessly plumb the depths of B-movie hell so we can inform you, our loyal listeners, about what to watch and what to avoid.
0: Well, that just sounds
2: dandy. Where could I find such a podcast? Well, Phil, you can subscribe to us by searching for the new Gore Press Gorecast in iTunes or you can find us at GorePress.com. so much knowledge about this film. One old, one new. Cool.
1: (laughs) Okay, so, one old, one new. Mark, start us off with you, sir. Uh,
2: Okay, I'm going to start off um, with, well, I'm going to start off with my one new, but quickly before I talk about the film I'm actually going to talk about as my uh, my one new, uh, I just want to quickly just say that I have watched Grand Piano. Uh and I know that nice. the reason I'm not gonna talk about it in detail is you can talk about it yourself and you also did the podcast uh on it uh on Heroes with Noel and Brad, would think it was, wasn't it, that episode?
1: Uh indeedly.
2: Yeah, which I've not listened to yet because I've not seen Grand Piano when I sat down to, to listen to it. Um but yeah, I watched Grand Piano and absolutely adored it. Uh it, it, it currently as it stands, and we're only two and a half months into into the year, but currently as it stands, it is one of my favourite films I've watched. Uh this year, it is absolutely dripping in jello-infused um, uh, tendencies. Um, it's tense as fuck. Um, it is a, a proper thriller. It's, it's you know, it's under an hour and a half long. Gets in, gets the job done, and gets out. It looks fucking great. It sounds fucking great. Elijah Wood uh, is one of the most interesting actors I think of, of his generation. And you know, he's picking his roles very well. Um, You know, he's not six foot one and a strapping, you know, muscular physique kind of guy. He isn't going to be able to go for those leading man roles. Uh, So, what he's doing is he's essentially made the Lord of the Rings films. He doesn't need to go out there and chase a paycheck so he can go out and kind of pick the films that he wants and that he finds interesting. So that's why we got such a great performance in Maniac, and this is a really enjoyable film. Uh, I absolutely loved it. would recommend it to anybody. Nice. Um, like I said, absolutely did adore it. Um, I watched it twice since uh, I first watched it, and then I watched it a week ago, uh, and it is just a, a really, really high, high recommend. Yeah. Um, so the other film I'm going to talk about, which I'm not going to take up too much time talking about because there's not a lot to talk about, uh, but it, it, I just felt if I, if I started talking about Grand Piano, I'd be talking about it for weeks. Um, I watched uh, Nurse 3D. Have you seen oh this Yeah.
1: No, I haven't. I don't right. think I'm going to, but... Right. Uh, well, um,
2: Nurse 3D started out as a poster. And the poster started out where essentially it was uh um uh, stood naked, covered in blood, in a nurse's hat and a pair of uh, white stilettos. And it was called Nurse 3D. And that that was how Nurse 3D started, was a poster. Right? Mm. That makes so much sense after you've watched the film. Because this is a, a, a film that is 84 minutes long, right? And that includes credits. Okay. Right. Uh, directed by uh, a guy called Doug uh, Aaron, Oscar-Kid. Aaron Oscar-Kid. Um and I don't think he's done anything else but it's written by him uh, and um, David Lohy which he's actually written a few fairly decent films he wrote um, Star Trek 5 The Final Frontier uh, Passenger 57 the uh, 90s version of The Three Musketeers, Money Train Late View Terrace, you know. So he's written a few, you know, semi-decent films. Um, and the idea with Nurse 3D is you've got Pastor Hertz plays a uh, a nurse called Abby, um, who what she does is she she kills men. Uh, she's a serial killer who preys on men who are cheaters, right? Right, and she's also a nurse, right? Um, and she takes, uh, on, um, like, she has like a, they have like a buddy system in the hospital she works with where she gets given a, a trainee nurse who's either just about to become a fully fledged nurse or has just become a fully fledged nurse. And it basically takes them under her wing and she takes on, uh, Katrina Borden's Danny under her wing. Um, and kind of becomes a little bit obsessed with her. Um, and ends up, you know, a situation arises where she finds out that her stepfather is a bit of a cheater on her mother. And so she takes matters into that. And then just all kinds of weird shit happens. But not good weird. Like, like the, the guy who was writing it had a week to write it, had a load of ideas, and decided that he was going to write them all. So... Uh, and none of them kind of make sense. Um, Paz de la Hure spends the vast majority of the film um, naked. Um, usually, more often than not, from the waist down. So she'll walk okay. around. Usually you get her walking around in a pair of pants and no bra. No, Pants doesn't do it that way. She'll walk around in a bra and just no pants for no reason. You know, and, and literally will walk into a room and just start getting undressed. And you're like, I, why is she getting undressed? Not quite sure. Uh, Katrina Bowden again, spends a a lot of her screen time naked. Um, She... Just none of the characters make sense. The story doesn't make sense. Paz de la Herta is clearly baked throughout the entirety (laughs) of the film. Like, like can barely string together sentences baked. And it's all kind of framed with this um, noiristical... um, narration over the top of it which is just Paz de la Herta again talking like she has spent days just days on a, on a diet of coke and weed and that's yeah. all she's had for days and then she's walked into a room and they've gone oh you need to read this Paz and she's gone hang on a minute I just need to take off my trousers and my pants and they've gone why and she's gone fuck you because I'm Paz de la Herta. that's what I do They've gone, right. Uh, all right, and then she's read these lines, uh, and then gone on set, and they've gone. Uh, Paz, you're getting costume, and she's just gone, fuck you. <laughs> and they've gone, all right, fine, just just stay like that. It it it. There's there's a scene towards the end where she goes crazy and just starts shooting people, nice. and and then, but then just walks out, just perfectly fine, just like. She just disappears, having killed a lot of people and a lot of police as well, and seems to escape with, with very, you know, very little kind of people stopping her. It, it seems really easy, uh, all of this. And she just keeps stealing people's identities uh, with, again, with just complete ease. It is just an absolute clusterfuck of ridiculousness. Um and it's one of those things where I'll say to you, if you're a little bit drunk one night, and you've got like a couple of hours where, like, one in the morning, you go in, I fancy watching something that's just ridiculous. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's worth the watch, but it's just it 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 just skates on the lines of being just bad enough that it can get away with it. It's one of those where it it just, there is there is so little there and it is just at points it, it's almost worth watching for how just fucked up Paz de la Herta is throughout the entirety of it. <laughs> um, it's a it's one of those where I'd say, look I'm not saying it's good and I'm not saying watch it but there might be enough shitness there to make it watchable. I certainly hmm. didn't didn't dislike it, but it is an absolute terrible car crash of a movie.
1: What a recommend!
2: It, yeah, it is a recommend of. Look, if you want to watch it, watch it. But I fucking warned you. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, if you sat there going, going. Grand piano on Nurse 3D. Grand fucking piano. All of the time. Yes. If I sat there, absolutely sort of, maybe on the cusp of being shit-faced and you're going, go to bed or watch Nurse 3D. If you don't have to be up the next morning, watch Nurse 3D. All right. It's better than going to bed.
1: <laughs> Put that on the poster.
2: It <laughs> fucking should. Uh, yeah, so Nurse 3D. Uh, go on then, Ian. Uh, hit me with that. your one old I'll one new?
1: Okay, so I do my one old, and uh, I'll, to be honest, it'll probably be fairly quick. But because um, I, I mean, I watched Moonrise Kingdom, but uh, I also rewatched Gravity. Um, watched it on 3D Blu-ray uh, day after it won uh, the, all those Oscars and whatnot. And um, yeah, I mean, the, the 3D Blu-ray is great. The, the audio is great, and um, I, I, I think it works actually quite well on the small screen and um yeah kind of surprisingly so actually because that that film you kind of think it needs a big screen it needs big dark space and like just loudness to really kind of get you but i found watching it on a smaller screen it kind of felt more claustrophobic Mm. um and 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 kind of more intimate and um i yeah I, i i actually rather got on board with that i mean i don't i don't hate gravity at all you know i bought it on 3d blu-ray i bought the steelbook so what does that say and uh, i mean the the features on the disc are really interesting as well like the the way they actually like created it is just insane and the fact that like people had the 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 vision to actually use that stuff and these were the results i mean it's it's really breathtaking stuff and it, it, it does make you just see like how much work they put they put into it um and i don't know i mean i i i have a i have a better time with gravity slightly better time every time i watch it but it's still out of four out of five for me um i just wish that i kind of gave more of a shit To be honest, about about uh, you know about this character when you have to spend so much time with her, and I mean like it's kind of on purpose that you know that that you don't learn all that much about her really, and I I don't know I just I'm glad it didn't win best picture I'll say that because I I enjoy it more for the, the the kind of the technological advancements and the thrill ride aspect of the film much more than I do getting any kind of emotional nourishment from it. Um, even though the, I mean, the bit where she's having the conversation with the, uh, the guy on the radio, that's, that's pretty good. Even I will say there's a short, there's a short film that uh, Jonas Quarren made on the, uh, the Blu-ray as well, uh, which is basically the other side of that conversation.
2: Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I, I've heard that that's a film, uh, a short film. And I'm, don't know why that bugs me for some reason I don't know why it's,
1: yeah and the thing is it's bobbins
2: yeah it um, sounds like it would be
1: yeah it's it's all about a moment just before the, the, the credits at the end of it mm. and it feels almost mean and unearned uh, and not in the spirit of the film to which it's accompanying um
2: Sorry, go on. I just, I feel. I, I obviously, I haven't seen that, so it, it, it's. I'm judging it's kind of blind, but it's just. It feels a little bit like. Why it doesn't need that? If if it needed that, surely put it in the film. Yeah. But it, it seems. I don't know. It just seems. Like. I don't understand the logic to it. Does it add anything to it? If it does add anything oh, so. to it, then why isn't it in the movie? We know why it isn't in the movie. It's because they wanted to have it all in space with the exception of the of, 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 a, of a scene, we'll say. Um, so then you're adding that. Why? I, just, I, I don't understand why that needs to be there. And I, I've heard quite a few people say that it, it's just, it's not very good.
1: Yeah, I uh yeah, it it, it it is completely pointless. It kind it ever so slightly feels like they're just being indulgent and like they asked if they could do it and they were kind of surprised when they were told yes. Um and if you there there is a, an argument that gravity is a somewhat emotionally almost kind of emotionally retarded film. Yeah, I and I would agree with that. <laughs> yeah and i think you you could watch this short film and you would see a lot of evidence of that in the space of eight minutes it's um yeah it it doesn't it doesn't serve the main film well i will say um but yeah i mean gravity it, you know every, everybody just talks about gravity now but it, it's I'm comfortable with where I am with it, and to be honest, I don't begrudge it any of the Oscars it won.
0: Well, I
2: I, I will at some point pick up the the Gravity uh, Blu-ray just because I want to watch um, some of the special features. I want to see, you know, I, I, I'm intrigued as that, how it's made and everything like that. And I, I will watch Gravity again because I I did I- enjoy it, but I. It was it was a six and a half seven out of ten for me. It, it's to an extent I'm interested by the technical achievements, but if if all it's got is the technical achievements and the story within it uh, isn't worthy of those technical achievements, then that that's what kind of makes me a little bit go, yeah, it 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 it, it it's wonderful and everything like that. It, it's really it's well made and etc. But does it, did the story then take it that little bit further? And it, it it, kind of, for me, it didn't, and I've only seen it once, it might change on on a repeat viewing, because I'll come to a film in a second where my opinion of it's changed dramatically since first viewing. Um, but it's just like that, and it, 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 you kind of feel like saying, but hang on a minute, the second Transformers movie, and the first Transformers movie, they're a technical achievement. The fucking... Mummy films, they're a technical achievement. They're really well made in terms of the technical aspects of them. But if the story is garbage, then. And the story for Gravity is not garbage. I'm i wrong. The thing, I a
1: mean, bit. Weirdly, I can make a comparison with Grand Budapest Hotel here, where it, both films seem to have two main aims for me. And with Grand Budapest Hotel, it's supposed to be funny first, but it's supposed to have kind of an emotional core at its heart. And I, I certainly get the funny. I don't get the emotional core. Gravity. I think it's supposed to be kind of like a, a, a kind of an actiony thrill ride first, or mm. a suspense kind of thriller first, and trying to hit an emotional core second. And again, I think it does the first thing very, 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 very well. I think it does the second thing okay.
0: Mm.
2: Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I'd certainly agree with that. I, I will watch it again. And it'll probably be when it, it, it crops from sky or something, uh, and maybe I'll, maybe I'll maybe I'll get a little bit more from it. I went into it at the height at the um, height of its hype, and sometimes that can yeah. that can kind of make you go a little bit negative on films.
1: I mean, I've I've seen it three times now, and I've got a feeling my fourth view won't be for a good while now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. So uh, let's have your one old mark.
2: Uh, My One Hold is a film that I I've watched um, a, a number of times uh, and it, it grows uh, every time I watch it I, I get I get more out of it and it's strange because the first time I watched it I didn't like it uh, I, I, I actively really really didn't like it and the film is, uh, is um, 2000's High Fidelity um, okay. and when I first watched it I watched it in the cinema um, and I I, I really, really, like it really rubbed me up the wrong way and I, I found all of the characters, every single character in it annoyed me, the film annoyed me, I didn't, just didn't like it. Um, and I was like I watched that as like an 18 year old um, and then I didn't watch it again until Becky bought me it on DVD uh, in like 2005 or something like that I think it was. And then I watched it with Becky and kind of Kind of liked it and I've watched it every sort of once a year um, since then so I, I've seen it you know dozens of times now um, and it, it grows every time I watch it and I watched it on uh, I think it was Thursday night I watched it uh, again and this was the time where I really you know I, if you spoke to me on Wednesday I'd have said yeah I'd really like that I'm a big fan I think now I'm to the point of where I'm a lot... I'm a pretty much the same age that um, that uh, Rob is supposed to be, uh, John Cusack's character, in High Fidelity. And for anybody who hasn't seen High Fidelity, uh, I very much doubt there are many people out there that haven't seen it, but for anybody who hasn't seen High Fidelity, uh, you've got the film um, centres around uh, John Cusack's Rob uh, who... Is a um, a record store owner, uh, and he's one of those musical obsession. You know, he's a complete musical geek, Uh, and uh, he has um, a couple. He he owns a record store called Championship Vinyl. He has a group of employees there, and Dick played by um, uh, Todd Lewis, uh, and Barry played by Jack Black, and there... They're the Uber geeks, pretty much like like we would be considered the Uber geeks in in movie terms, uh, if this was a VHS star, for instance. And I'll come to that in a second. Um, and uh, they spend their time listening to music, appreciating music, and being honest, thinking that they are musically um, more on up, uh, more musically evolved than everybody else, uh, and, and they get that. And although they're very aware that they're being dicks about it, they just can't help it. And they're incredibly pedantic about it. Um, Rob is going through a breakup uh, with his girlfriend and he's kind of seeing this as a way to look back on previous relationships and work out what went wrong in those so he can work out what went wrong with his current girlfriend. And it's kind of he goes back and looks at it and realises that he's been a bit of a dick. It's very much like that, and as I was watching it this time, I, I very much kind of you can start to look at, at Rob, and he is he is one of these kinds where you start to look at him and think, well, you can start to see bits of yourself in a way within him. I don't think I'm that much of a dick, and I'm very much happy in my relationship, but it's that that kind of there's a moment where he's you know where he's looking saying you know you're always looking for something better and you know I, you're always, people are always looking better and I'm not looking for better in my relationship I have a wonderful relationship with my wife for 15 years this year um, so I don't have that but it, it, it's, there's, there's always that underlying sort of feeling sometimes where you think well what if i had done this differently and this differently and what, why have I done this and there's always that kind of, I have a, a pretty good life but you're always looking for that better side of life and it's it, 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 upon watching it this time it, it it's kind of it's very strongly um, crept into my my top twenty films of all time and it's now one of those films where I could quite easily watch it once a week and never get bored of it uh, at all mm. uh, and I was talking about about Becky and sort of mentioning it, and she was like, yeah, but the the central dynamic that is and she sort of referenced and said but the Rob Dick and Barry character that's, that's like being in a room with you Noel and Ian when you're talking yeah. about movies
0: yeah.
2: and I was like it's not no it really is she said, it, it, it's if you're not with other people that you feel are at your level, and it's not you being dicks, that's just the way you are. If you're in a room where you feel that people are not quite of your level, it can kind of get a little bit intimidating to be near you. And it was was like that. And you kind of do look at it and go, do you know what? Yeah, I can kind of see that, to be honest. Mm. And it's not that you're intentionally being a dick. It's just that, that... Movies, you know, are uh, and th- this is dealing with music. Music is a huge part of my life, but not to the same extent that movies are. Movies are such an important part of my life that that I do take it a lot more seriously than ninety nine percent of people. And it, it's a similar with with yourself, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I I don't know. I
1: mean, like, I, I I like to think like you, me, and Noel would. All have pretty decent balances in terms of when we're not with movie people. Yeah. If someone was to say something, you wouldn't kick off. At. No, we
2: we 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 wouldn't we wouldn't we don't do what Barry does when the guy uh, does the um, the uh, Stevie Wonder thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We 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 wouldn't go that far, but it is like you do go off. It's more you have a language where you will literally you will start talking about. Um, X film and you'll end up talking about a film that is so far removed <laughs> from it
0: yeah. and
2: we, we did actually have this experience like just over a week ago where we started talking about one film or one actor and we ended up talking about something so far removed but then we managed to get it back round to our original point and it is just that and, and I've kind of I've grown comfortable with my level of geekery now yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm. And I, I don't jump. And I, I did used to jump down people's throat. And now I'm very much. If somebody tells me that they like X film and I think it's a piece of shit, you know, seven or eight years ago, I would have gone, yeah, it's a piece of shit, though. Whereas now, I, I won't. Because it, that's a completely dick move. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I
1: mean you got. I don't know. you got to bite your tongue
2: and it. Like, yeah, you, just... you do A couple of drinks in, sometimes the, the, the tongue doesn't get bit uh but yeah i', I that's i've got a tangent a little bit, but high fidelity it just i I adore it the more and more I watch it, and it'll be what it is one of those films where I watch it at least once a year, and it is just such a great, wonderful warm hug of a film for me.
1: Yeah, fair play. I, I I very much agree with that to be honest. I I I really do love high fidelity and um, pretty much have since I've seen it. I I, that's that that's interesting. I'm glad you like it now for sure. Yeah, yeah, certainly. It's
2: it's one of my biggest ever turnarounds. Um Go on then, what's your one old? Uh, all... uh for my one new
1: actually, one. New but, one but, yeah. Um yeah, okay, so I mean I'll go I'll go fairly um quick on this but um last week end, i managed to watch both nymphomaniacs volumes one and two um so this is uh about well it's it's weird actually the cuts that i watched the first part was uh, and this was on virgin movies and this is yeah this is virgin movies and the fir- that, that, basically the first cut was just under two hours and then i think the the, the, the second cut was just over two hours but the runtimes on the BBFC website are different, and it seems like the version on on-demand is again different from the versions that the BBFC have classified. All right. Which is weird. I mean, I, I'm just going to look this up actually. But just while I look it up, so uh, I mean, like, I'm uh, pretty much everybody knows about Nymphomaniac now. This is um, uh, last one, Tria, um basically doing this controversial thing oh here we go volume one 117 minutes 26 seconds which is probably what they're actually thinking about it it's probably what this this cut of volume one was thinking about it then volume two 123 minutes 43 seconds actually yeah and do you know what actually i think what it might be is actually that's just that's just about four hours itself thinking about its not it 123 minutes and 118 minutes all right i'll take that back i watched i watched the the bbfc cuts then fair enough um and i i think it was just maybe what what that i don't know maybe in the cinema they have separate opening and closing credits perhaps yeah um you know uh, whereas i watched it was like volume one and two in a stream and it just like it was weird it started saying nymphomaniac volume one but nowhere did it say nymphomaniac volume two
2: ah, so it, it, it just it just kind of went straight it, into it, 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 yeah. it just
1: kind of kept going and I, I didn't really know where the join was um but yeah so this is um charlotte Gainsbourg is found beaten up and bloodied kind of in this alleyway by Stellan skarsgård he takes her back to his house she's kind of recuperating and he uh she tells him her story about um her life and how it's basically been, uh, uh, not exactly fucked up even, but how it's been shaped by her want for has sex.
2: It, has it been flipped turned upside down?
1: What?
2: Oh, come on, I was throwing a fresh Prince of Bel Air, isn't at you? Yeah.
1: Oh, bloody hell, alright. <laughs> wow, that's, that's very special. <laughs> um, nice so uh yeah No. okay i get you now um so yeah the the first uh the volume one is basically it's um an actress stacy martin apparently this is her first film role as the young joe as uh the character is called so gainsbourg actually only turns up in the kind of the bits where she's talking to skarsgård in volume one um and it sees her having a virginity taken by Shia LaBeouf's character and then he kind of pops up through like kind of random moments of like life's cosmic doings that throw people together or or, or something and uh it, it, it's basically he's the only recurring character in her sexual life um and through this Stellan Skarsgård has monologues about fly fishing and about the church um basically and, and he's he 's kind of comparing fly fishing to what joe w- is, is was doing in terms of getting men in her early days and whatnot and it, so I, basically it's i I enjoyed both volumes of nymphomaniac even though I will say I liked volume one more um with, and, and you know funnily enough it's the volume that um jordan saw and raved about at, at berlin and he saw this the whole two and a half hour uncut version of volume one as well uh whereas we've got a two hour version um and i don't feel like i missed anything i don't feel, you know i don't feel like i missed anything i mean like there, there's maybe there are some character moments and there's probably quite a lot of sex but you know the sex here is still pretty um pretty explicit frankly uh especially so in volume two i'd say uh but volume one it's quite light and it's funny and it it does have moments of drama um but for the most part it's this woman kind of having control of her life through having control of men almost um Even though her life, even though she does keep on revolving back to Shia LaBeouf's character, um, who is not very nice to her, frankly. Uh, Volume two, it gets darker, it gets meaner, it gets grimmer and it gets less engaging as a result, to be honest. And the end of the film feels like Von Trier basically wanting to play up to his enfant terrible kind of image where he ends it in a way which feels like it's entirely there for shock value it makes no sense whatsoever given certain characters and their relationships in the film um and it just it just feels like he wanted to end on an ending that was going to have people talking. And the thing is, with Von Trier, I don't think he gives a fuck whether people are talking positively or negatively as no, long it's as they're talking.
2: as long as they're talking, yeah.
1: And I was very... I was really annoyed by the ending because it just... It undid some stuff in the film. And the thing is, you kind of see it coming in a way just because you know what Von is like.
0: Mm.
1: So as the film ended and like, as the, like, the last scene plays out all the way through, I'm thinking, right, this is going to happen. And then it does. And it feels really throwaway, and And, and it just like when there's so much of it, which is actually rather controlled and, you know, and like I say, quite light and quite fun. And there, there are bits that are upsetting and they do mainly come in volume two. And uh, I mean, not not just stuff on screen, but also kind of emotional stuff. Uh, Jo's relationship with her son in the film and how that plays out is really, really tragic. And Gainsbourg plays that well. I mean, Gainsbourg takes the lion's share of her role in Volume 2 and she is fantastic. Stacey Martin is very, very good as well. I mean, the the cast as a whole are great, except for Shia LaBeouf, whose every line sounds like he he's from a different part of the UK. um every single line he just seems to be changing it randomly and you know he's trying and he's trying really 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 hard but it it just no (laughs) no uh i will say as well uma Furman has a kind of a one scene or a one set piece i suppose cameo in the film and she is great she is really really good in it um so, I mean, there, there's there's an awful lot of good stuff in Nymphomaniac, but I wonder whether it's worth the time investment, and especially especially considering Von Trier's Uncut Volumes 1 and 2 runs five and a half hours.
2: Yeah. I, mean, I,
1: I, I could never see myself watching that. I'm happy with the cuts I watched.
2: I'm, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to, to watching Nymphomaniac. I've not had a chance to watch it yet, just because I've not had that four and a half hours free to be honest. Um so I'm I'm very much looking forward to it but yeah, um I don't know, you, you go into Vontria knowing that you might end up coming out of it the other end going, Well that was a fucking waste of time and four and a half hours is a lot of time to waste.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean that that's that's it. I mean I genuinely don't think it was a waste of my time but by the end of it I, I was just like right, I'm i I'm done with that now. Yeah i i i i will never I will never watch them again, but I'm glad i did
2: cool um that's said I'm still looking forward and I'll hopefully get to them this week nice
1: uh okay, so that was one old one new, and now we're gonna have our um random retro review uh so we're gonna have the trailer for Fletch, and then you're gonna get our thoughts on it, whether you like it or not. <laughs>
0: Oh, for God, Don, Don. What is this man saying?
1: What is this man doing?
0: What in the hell's the matter with you? What is this man's name? My name is Igor Stravinsky. Hi there, I'm uh, Harry S. Truman. I'm uh, Don Corleone. They call him Fletch. Fletch! Fletch! Fletch F. Fletch. He's good at defending himself. You better tie your shoelaces. Oh! Disguising himself. Whew. And getting himself into trouble. Well it be Fletch. Go ahead. Make my day. He's a reporter. There are no tags on these mattresses. Who's about to write the story of a lifetime? Will you kill me? Sure. If he lives. Thanks a lot! There isn't a woman he can't charm. Can I borrow your towel for a sec? My car just hit a water buffalo.
2: A question he won't
0: ask. You and your wife are currently alive, I take it. Drop your shorts and bend over, Mr. Babar. A risk he won't take. Probably feel 100%... Moon River! To get to the truth. It looks like you two have a lot to talk over. We'll just catch the last 10 minutes of Dynasty. Universal Pictures presents Chevy Chase as Fletch. My hero. Welcome to it.
1: Okay, so Fletch is directed by Michael Ritchie and stars uh, Chevy Chase as the eponymous Je- uh, uh, Fletch, even along with uh, Joe Don Baker, Dana Wheeler Nicholson, uh, Gina Davis, George Wentz, Tim Matheson, and M. Emmett Walsh. Uh, so, Fletch, uh, which is on Netflix UK, which is why we're talking about it, basically, uh, is a investigative um, journalist who um, basically. Uh, wears a load of costumes uh, and uh, disguises and whatnot to kind of get his scoops. Uh, He's working on a story uh, where he's trying to kind of bust um, police drug collusion on this beach with a load of homeless people when he is approached by Alan Stanwyck, played by Tim Matheson, who doesn't know who Fletch really is, thinks he's a homeless bum and uh, basically uh, offers him the chance to kill him. Uh, in exchange for some money, but obviously the plot thickens. Mark Fletch, go!
2: I I love Fletch. Um, I'm a, a, a huge um, Chevy Chase fan. Um, I think his comedic timing um, and his his mixture of, of leading man and physical comedy, um, without quite getting to you know, it, it, it's it's on the cusp of slapstick, but it's not quite into um, Slapstick yet yeah. is uh, brilliant, I find him a great, and especially this era uh, Chevy Chase uh, I find him a great sort of presence to watch and this this is one of his, his better performances, one of his better characters, one of his better films uh, it's an absolutely brilliant kind of slice of, of 80s um, comedic filmmaking but it's also got that it, it plays with um, sort of film noir tendencies um, and it, it's got that great uh, Harold Faltemere, um score, uh, you know. It's and I think Noel mentioned on um, Twitter that he was saying that he, he probably prefers it to the um, Faltermire's more famous score, which was for the Beverly Hills Cop films. Uh, it is a great score and it, it helps add to that kind of 80s feel of it. But it's just Fletch at its, it, it, its underbelly It is just a really, really entertaining film to watch. It's funny, it's funny, but it's also there's a great story there. It's well put together and it's well paced. It's it's just a great fucking film.
1: Yeah, man. Um, had you had you seen really it before like this? this. No. no. It. not? Was this it, your it first was just, time? Yeah, it was just randomly on Netflix, and I was just like, "Fuck it, I've heard of this. I want to watch it." And right from the start, you've got that Mol- uh, Voltermeyer score, which uh, Noel said. Um, we were hoping to have Noel Mellor on to uh, do this with us because he watched this this week. But um, unfortunately, he's uh, he's a bit busy today when we're recording. But um, he was saying that he believes the like the score is much better than the Beverly Hills Cop. And that main theme is awesome. Mm, it really like, is. Like,
2: what is it like? it just it fits so well with the film. it complements it so spectacularly. Yeah, in the same way that Beverly Hills does.
1: Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like when when there are kind of more actiony bits, like it is like pure Faltermyer, like And the kind of the wacky 80s stuff. But I mean, it just. It's a great showcase for Chevy Chase mm. and the kind of the the, 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 the character just and it's the the, the the character it helps that Chase's delivery. He's so confident in what he's saying, mm. I, that, I, I, and I mean it, it helps with this the amount of situations where he basically has to get through things by confusing people.
2: I, I remember reading a thing, uh, an interview uh, with somebody about Chevy Chase. Um, and not work with it. I think actually, I think it was actually Dan Harmon um, from uh, when he was in community and they famously didn't get on. Um, and one of the reasons apparently why they didn't get on was because Chevy Chase has this thing where he's, he's got an idea and he will just go with it. And it, it might not make sense. And it, he doesn't even listen to what other people are saying around him. He just goes with it. And, th- and this happens in Fletch quite a lot where he just starts saying stuff and you can see the, the other actor that he's on kind of responding to it. And Chevy Chase is already three or four lines ahead of him. And he's just going and just rattling along at this just ridiculous pace.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at some of the quotes here. I mean, there's uh, that bit with the secretary after, um, oh, yeah. after he was in that meeting. And, and she just goes, I'm sorry, who are you again? I'm Frieda's boss. Oh, Who's, boss. Frieda? Who's Frieda? My secretary. Our secretary. <laughs> and just walks out. It's, it's, it's just, it's absolutely amazing. And another another wonderful,
2: just kind of, just almost throwaway bit is where he's on the plane and he gets out the dictaphone and he presses play and it's, it's a woman obviously engaging in a physical oh, act. Yeah, that's and right. He, and she just goes, he recorded this and he goes, no, no, no. And so he stops it, goes to rewind it and goes to record again, but hits the eject button. And the yeah. cassette opens, and he just closes it and then starts talking at the dictaphone. And it's the only time he uses the dictaphone in the film.
1: Oh, that's right, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. It's
2: just that little, it's just those little great little bits of, 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 like I say, Virgil slapstick, but that physical comedy without it being, you know, fat man fall down or, you know, slip over. It, it, it just, it, it's his reaction
1: to it. It's so well staged and well paced. Yes, absolutely. No, absolutely. I mean, it just is charisma as well. I mean, the the kind of the relationship he has with um, uh, Gail Stanwick in it as well, which which is, I I don't know. It, 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 he's brilliant. I mean, like, I'm just looking at the quotes and I'm laughing, man. I mean, like there's a bit where she goes, uh, "What are you doing here? I ordered some lunch. You ordered it here? Well, I knew this is where my mouth would be." And it's just, it's 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 brilliant. And, I mean, I don't know. There's just there's this, the whole sense that no one is taking things very seriously. I mean, this is a film where there's a moment where he's chased by a dog. He puts the dog off by saying, look, defenceless babies. <laughs> and in, like, in the soundtrack, the dog, there's a sound of somebody doing a dog voice going, what? <laughs> as <and> he turns <laughs> yeah. around. It's, I, I, it just, you don't then, get... He's Stuff showing the like photos. that anymore in these kinds of films. And then when, he, when
2: he's showing the photos to Gail Stanwyck, oh, oh, this is this is your husband doing this, this is your husband doing this, this is the dog chasing me, this is the dog wants to chase me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And it's it, it just all of that, it, played so well. And the
1: fact that throughout
2: it, he's using that guy's credit card. Oh, the Underhill. Underhill. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, the Underhill just, guy, it, yeah.
2: Fletch Libs.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: uh, yeah, oh, does it? I, uh, I, I am going to watch Fletch Lives Fletch this week. It's a fucking bizarre movie. Oh yeah, it, it, it is. I was watching it the other day, and I, I'd, I'd seen Fletch Lives before, but a long time ago. Um, and I was, I was watching it, and about halfway through it, I thought, I don't remember this being this fucking weird. I don't remember it having such, such sort of, um it being so um it pointing out race relations so much and there being a big sort of reference to zippity Doodah halfway through it <laughs> mm. it's a fucking weird film honestly um but bring it back to this it's it, there's, a, there's the thing is is there's also really good and really interesting sort of mystery story to the film as well that kind of yeah is, that is held together by by Chase kind of going around doing the usual sort of Chevy Chase things. And he, you know, he is, for me, one of the greats with his comic timing. But there is, he's actually also quite a good actor as well. And the story's good.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. And it does that classic kind of detective fiction thing of having the two kind of seemingly separate cases, which somehow turn, turn out to be very, very, very connected. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, I mean, kiss, kiss, bang, bang, kind of like uh, made a play on that as well. But, um, it, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's I mean, that, that's great. And the, I mean, the the, the mystery of why he the um, Stanwick is 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 basically getting him to do this it does sustain through the whole thing. Yeah. And I didn't really have a clue, you know. So, I, and I, I mean, that's great. Uh, but I mean, you've you've, you've got to start. I mean, the great thing is as well. You've got like different types of bad guys. You have got Tim Matheson. Basically doing his shit heel kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but then, I mean, you've also got Joe Don Baker as the, uh, the as the police chief, yeah, um, yeah. who's just wonderfully fucking slimy. Yeah, and there's a great scene
2: there where you know where Fletch thinks that he's going to shoot him, and then he's, he's telling the what is it? Um, his uh, editor about it, and his editor just doesn't believe him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, yeah, it, no, absolutely. Yeah. It has moments like that where it, it, it stops being an outright comedy and starts going back to being sort of a, a mystery kind of film. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, it just, it, I don't know. It's all handled really deftly. It never feels tonally off. Um, and, I mean, it, Chase is, is great, you know. I mean, like, he's so known as being Clark Griswold and being the kind of, like, the, the everyman dad who's just trying to do right. And you watch him in something like this, where he's got confidence like at level twelve thousand, yeah, and it, 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 he absolutely just knocks it out of the park. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And the thing is, is Chevy Chase is such a recognisable comedian, but this isn't just this isn't just a different version of Clark Griswold. It is mm. Fletch is another one of his characters. It it it, 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 just, it works so so well. Um, as a character, and it's it it doesn't feel dated either. And a lot of times these you know films no, that no, go back to sort of like the mid 80s. You know this film's you know just shy of 30 years old, but it it, it still feels quite fresh. It's still funny, the jokes still work. There's not um, you know the, 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 it's not galling when you look at the technology that's used. It still feels. Like, it's as good now as it was then. It's held up really, really well. And that's because it, it, it's a really well-written film, a really well-made film, a really well-acted film.
1: Absolutely, man. I, I Yeah, I, I I don't really have too much more to say, actually. I just like wanted to kind of highlight it and say, this is an awful lot of fun. And, it, it, yeah. You know, if you have an hour and a half and you just want to chill out, it's it, a great pick. It is.
2: It's a perfect, like, Saturday afternoon movie. Yeah, sure. Uh, also, weirdly, in doing a little bit of sort of research around the film Fletch, you know, um, Dana Will um, Nicholson, who played Gail yeah. Stanwyck? Do you know her granddad was one of the founders of DC Comics? Wow, really? Yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it?
0: Hmm.
2: Yeah, uh, but yeah. yeah, it's a, it's, it's a great film, and honestly, watch Fletch Liz. It's nowhere near as good as Fletch, I'm not going to lie. It's not, but it's a fucking weird movie.
1: It's getting done this week. You've
2: got. Um, What's it um from uh Lee Emery from um Full Metal Jacket.
1: Oh Ali Ermi. Uh, Ermi mm-hmm. yeah, um
2: playing a a, a Preacher. Oh,
1: okay.
2: Um and uh, it, it it's 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 a fucking weird film man, but it it it's it's definitely worth it's definitely worth a one watch. You'll probably never watch it again. Um but yeah, it's weird.
1: Okay. Hmm. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. No, I mean I'm what I am watching it this week.
2: Cool, right. Yeah.
1: Right, okay. So we've got uh Twitter questions, uh no emails, and we only got one Twitter question, so never mind. Uh but it is uh at Nocturn Tom DJ uh who asks, which director do you think needs to be bailed out of director's jail and given another chance to make a film?
2: Ooh. Uh Martin breast
1: Fucking hell, yeah. Geely must have been the last thing he did. I'm,
2: I'm pretty sure it is. I'm going to check now. Because I, 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 I can look cool. at this. I, I'm pretty sure, yeah, Geely was the last thing he did. And Gigli, yes, a te- it was, yeah, 2003. Uh, but when you look at this, um, his, his actual CV, uh, you've got uh, a couple of kind of quite sort of small films in... Uh, hot tomorrows and going in style but then you've got Beverly Hills Cop which is a fucking great movie Midnight Run which again is a fucking great movie Scent of a Woman you know yes it's dated horribly but it is you know it is a good movie Meet Joe Black wasn't terrible uh but Jiggly was awful and that was you know that was that's 11 years ago
1: yeah, yeah, no. I suppose he you know, was by now.
2: Yeah, he, he should, and he's not dead. So you know he he should be given another chance, surely, mm. to kind of to, to kind of get rid of that because you know somebody who made Midnight Run and Beverly Hills Cop, you know they're two great kind of action movies, action comedy movies. You know somebody who's got who's done that uh, and has not made. You know, a catalogue of stink of sins surely must be given a chance to do something. Mm.
1: No, fair play. That's that's a good one. I mean, I I would say, I mean, he has been working in in TV pretty like extensively over the last couple of years. But uh, I want to see Jodie Hill make another film. Um, he's a guy who directed The Foot Fist Way and Observe and Report. Those are the only two films I believe he's directed. Let me just check this. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, um, I mean, like Observe and Report, it just it didn't do anything. Like box office wise, critically wise, like pop culture cachet wise. I really um, like it. Yeah, I I really really like Observe and Report. It's a mean, dark, weird little film. But it's, it it I sorry? It got me to laugh out loud a lot of times though. Yeah, totally. Uh, it's uh, I, I I genuinely think it's one of the great underappreciated comedies of the last decade, I'd, observe and report. I
2: absolutely agree with that.
1: Yeah, and um I, I, I would love to see him do something else. Apparently he's got some sort of untitled southern action comedy. Um, as well as a film called olympic sized asshole uh <laughs> uh in development by i don't have imdb pro so i can't see if he's directing them or not but um yeah yeah i want to see Jodie hill do uh do something else because that, uh, that i like that dude shit yeah uh but yeah that's it and uh we're pretty much out of my allotted time so uh next week we will be back with under the skin
2: uh, yeah, it's a it's a big week. There's a few films out, but I would say Under the Skin's the one that that most intrigues me because there's that uh, Need for Speed and uh, isn't Zero Theorem out as well.
1: Yeah, Zero Theorem's out as well. Yeah, like if I if I can't get to Under the Skin, then Zero Theorem would be a perfectly fine backup for me. Yeah, um, I mean I'm most
2: intrigued by U- U- Under the Skin. Um, I'll probably see Zero Theorem anyway, but yeah. I'm i've got a busy cinema weekend next weekend because um seven samurais playing uh at my local picture house next sunday morning oh, nice and i can't play. i yeah.
1: can't not go and see that on the big screen yeah 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 very nice okay well we'll have under the skin uh we'll also have the usual stuff and also the first part of the rhinophon uh where we'll i don't know we'll talk about what we're going to do and uh you'll get it so there you go at Loring at DudeFoz, at DudeTheMonkey, DudeTheMonkey at gmail.com. Mark, have you got anything else? Uh, no,
2: again, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, and we'll be back next week.
1: Nice one. That's great. Thank you very much, guys. And have a good one. See you.
2: Bye. Bye.